T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Can I just let this play for like another minute or two? What, you mean play some bangers on a Saturday? Oh, yeah. Mm. So good. It might be the quintessential Yacht Rock song. Like this, number one. It's got what you need. Mm. It's got Michael McDonald in it. Required. You know, Kenny Loggins. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got to love Kenny Loggins. It's got strings and a bass line. See, I think the quintessential Yacht Rock song is uh, why am I drawing a blank right now on the on the title of the song? Um, I don't know. Because you're listening to a good one right now. Uh, sure. No, it's uh, it's the one George Michael song. It's um. Only oh, uh, Careless Whisper. That's what it is. Oh, Careless Whisper's up there. Yes. Yes, Careless Whisper. I don't know why it took me so long to remember that. Because I just talked about Careless Whisper the other day and how I was saying, like, it's such a good song. And every time I hear it, I just, like, it just overwhelms me with just, like, okay, I'm done for the day. Like, this is just going to just take over the rest of my day because I'm just, it's in my head. I keep whistling it. I keep humming it. I keep singing it. I just, it, it can't get out of my head ever. You can make the case that Careless Whisper is, like, where Yacht Rock comes to an end. So if you want to bookend it here a little bit with Yacht Rock, you can say that you have, you know, obviously Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, you know, your Christopher Crosses. And then it ends 
with Wham! Because after that point, you really start getting into new wave and more pop in the 80s and into the right. late 80s. And, it's, and then it starts going into more of the pop music we've recognized from the 80s. Michael Jackson has veers dangerously close to the gravity well of Yacht Rock a little hmm. bit in some of his stuff. Yeah, you're more of the expert on Yacht Rock than I am, but, you know. Four hours of talk I, I, coming I believe up here you. on WGR. Uh, not quite four hours of Yacht what? Rock talk. Oh. We're, we're not going to get there. we got plenty of sports that we need to talk about. Those sports, we love those sports. It's, it's, it's in our name, WGR Sports Radio. 550. Brayton Wilson here with you, filling in for Nate Geary on this fine Saturday here on WGR. It's late Saturday morning. We're about to head into uh, Sunday afternoon. Hope everybody's enjoying their day to this point so far. Uh, so I'm I'm in today on a little bit of a, a, a short notice, but you know we're we're gonna manage. We're gonna be in here. We're gonna have some fun today. Hopefully, Sal's gonna be coming up here in about five minutes to join me here to. Get some thoughts on tomorrow's Bills-Texans matchup down at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. We'll talk about the latest on the injuries, what that means for the lineup coming up, and just um, how much we we can't overlook the the Texans, I guess, if I can say that. Um, I'm just also seeing on my Twitter feed right now that Danny Amendola has been ruled out for the Texans against the Bills, so... Uh, that's a target for Davis Mills that's going to be taken away for Sunday. So we'll ask Sal about that. Coming up at 1130, I'll be speaking with Josh Reed, our good friend from Channel 4, WIVB-TV. We'll talk some Bills football primarily. I might ask him a little bit about the Sabres because guess what? Hockey season is back. There was preseason action last night. There was preseason action Thursday night, Tuesday night. We're talking training camp. So we're going to get some uh, Sabres talking as well today. But we'll, we'll definitely uh, try to evenly split things up here and there between Bills, Sabres, Bills, Sabres. Uh, Brandon Scott from Sports Radio 610 in Houston will join me coming up at noon today. We'll get a, we'll get a perspective on the Texans coming up here uh, as they get ready to face the Bills tomorrow in Orchard Park. And then at 1 o'clock, we're going to have Pat Malacaro joining us. Uh, he's right now in Syracuse. As the as the uh, Buffalo Bisons are wrapping up their 2021 campaign in Syracuse against the Mets, they had a game last night. They have two more games tonight and tomorrow afternoon, and that is it for the Bison season. They will be wrapping things up, and we'll also talk some Sabres hockey with Pat because he is a constant contributor to the Sabres radio network along with Brian Koziel of course is Brian's your in-game host for every Sabres game right here on WGR so we'll talk with Pat we'll get a little thoughts on uh, the Bisons also the bigger picture in the MLB because of course this weekend is the end of the MLB season as well and I gotta ask him about that AL that AL wildcard race because it is just Absolutely wild coming down to the finish here as we got the Yankees, the Red Sox, and uh, the Blue Jays are in there, although things aren't looking so bright for the Blue Jays. But the team that has really turned on the Jets here towards the end of the season has been the Seattle Mariners, and they are a team that currently right now holds the longest playoff drought in all four North American sports. And they could potentially snap that drought, which then would... uh, which then would make the Sabres that much closer to holding that mark as of right now. So we'll we'll, we'll talk to Pat about that because um, I just I, I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that, oh, look, the Mariners might be uh, 
might be making the playoffs here going forward, and that means that if that's the case, I think the, the Sacramento Kings would then have the longest active playoff drought in the four North American sports. I think it would be the Kings and the New York Jets because the Jets have have almost been out of the playoffs just as long as the Sabres. Uh, and then the Sabres would be right there as well as the team in the NHL with the longest active playoff drought. And Sabres are uh, one season away from breaking that drought. Anyway, let's talk some football to start off here. As the Bills are, of course, going to be in Houston taking on the Texans coming up later on. It'll be tomorrow at 1 o'clock down at Highmark Stadium, the Bills and the Texans. And it's been really hard especially for me this week, to not overlook this matchup against Houston. And and I'll just say this right off the bat. I watched the Houston game against Carolina mainly for survivor pick purposes because I watched that game with the hopes that, hey, Carolina can beat Houston. You know They don't have Tyrod Taylor. They, uh, they're a team that's pretty much changing up everything. I mean, they're almost going through a a complete rebuild. New GM, new head coach, um, new quarterbacks because Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston and it doesn't seem like he's ever going to play for the Texans ever again. And I'm watching that game and I can't help but think the entire time watching the Davis Mills run offense and watching the watching Sam Darnold just chew up that Texans defense. I couldn't help but think Man, if this team comes in, if this is the same team coming in next week to Orchard Park, the Bills' offense should just run all over them, and the defense should not even give the Texans any room to do anything offensively. And the game should be over by halftime. And I hate, I hate saying that just because you know people will say, "Well, that's a bad omen." You can't think that way. But it's really hard because I watched that game against Carolina for the Houston. Carolina won that game. I was able to move on with my survivor picks, thankfully. And then I was at the game on Sunday against uh, with the Bills taking on Washington. And the way that the offense hummed for Buffalo and the way the defense stepped up against uh, Washington and even the week before when they shut out Miami, just it, it just the, the thoughts were running through my head as we got out of the stadium on Sunday and into Monday and all throughout this week, just... Man, this this game, this, this game, I'm almost writing it off. It's like Howard when he picks the Bills and he's so confident in a pick, he he gives the phrase, "I'm gonna write the game recap at 10 a.m. and you know just let myself enjoy the game, put my feet up and relax, watch the game, take notes." But you know the column's gonna be done before one o'clock. That's kind of how I've approached this week with the Houston Texans, and it's been really hard because I've been trying not to overlook this team. And not to try to take them lightly, but, I mean, let's be real. The focus has been primarily on their upcoming matchup with the Chiefs because next Sunday begins that that stretch right before the bye week where you face Houston on Sunday night, or, um, excuse me, Kansas City next Sunday night, and then you face Tennessee next Monday night. Let's bring in Sal Capaccio. He joins us right now on the Western Hotline, and we'll get his thoughts on, uh, on this game here coming up. Sal, thanks again for taking the time this morning. How are you on this fine Saturday? pretty good man it's a very nice saturday out actually yeah i mean it is not too hot not too cold it's just uh it, it is just turning out to be a beautiful looking day uh here in western a lot New better York. Better than it's going to be tomorrow right right <laughs> well well listen sal I, i'm i'm going to be at the game tomorrow as well and i'm really hoping that the weather is going to hold off and and, and if anything 
get get the crap weather out of the way early in the morning and then you know by kickoff at one o'clock let's have clear skies let's you know let's let's keep the rain early on and then let's let's move on past that point but um but it certainly doesn't look too promising as it looks like that rain showers could be on and off all throughout the day yeah no doubt um from patrick hammer yesterday when we had him on the extra point show he said you know you're not looking at downpours but it's going to be a light rain pretty much all day he said i wouldn't be surprised if there's a good hour or so of dry time but be prepared if you're going to the game uh doesn't look like any sort of you know, I said, is it is it change clothes at halftime type of weather? He said no, but uh, I I just wish we had today's weather tomorrow. That's all right. <laughs> it builds and it, it go, I was it goes for both teams, you know. So there you go. Right. Yeah, and you know, what's the worst weather game that Josh Allen has played? Has it been that game? What was it? A couple years ago against the Eagles when it was just really high winds and everything and, and just was it didn't rain that game but what, what's been the worst weather game that josh has played since he's been at buffalo bill well it's a good question um yeah i would think off the top of my head i mean the wind was the thing in the eagles game that one year right that was mm-hmm. a really bad day but you know what there was some tough ones last year when you know there was this thing going around where when the, when the temperature dipped below a certain amount and you know how josh allen's numbers dip but you know, the New England game was just a wet little. It was just it was it was miserable that New England game with a punch out at the end. Right, that was a, a game at home like that. Um, it wasn't that great for the Sunday night Pittsburgh. It was okay. It was it was a little clear, but at times you had that as well. I think if I remember right, um, being in that stadium. But yeah, it, I would say um, you know so it, it's it's Buffalo, right? They're used to this practice, whatever. Um, we've had stuff like this, so yeah, it's going to be fine. And look. Honestly, like in a regular situation, you want a team that plays in a dome in a southern city that practices outside or in a dome in the heat to, to come up to Buffalo and have to deal with some elements. So I think from that perspective, I'm just thinking personally, to be honest, being selfish, like I don't like standing in it for three hours, but hey, uh, I'd rather be in this for three hours. Well, I, I can't blame you for that, Sal. I mean, we, we throw you down on the field and you're supposed to be down there and it doesn't matter what the conditions are. You know, we're pretty much throwing you right into the fire, especially if the weather is bad and it's just like, yeah, suck it up. Yeah, well, that's what that's what we do. That's our job. It's okay. I, it's first world problems. Right. It's all good. Right. You got to love it in order to do it. So, Sal Capaccio joining us right now on the Western Hotline here on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, Sal. So, uh, let's get into some of the injury news that Sean McDermott spoke with you and Joe DiBiase yesterday on the Extra Point Show. We'll start off with the main player that is going to be out, Jordan Poyer. He's, uh, he suffered the ankle injury late in the win against Washington and wasn't able to practice throughout the week. So he's out. So now I guess the question that I'll bring up to you is, who's next up to step up to play opposite of Micah Hyde? So my best guess is it's going to be Jaquan Johnson because he's the guy that's been here for a while. Um, He's the guy that usually is next up. But I'll be honest, DeMar Hamlin, Josh Thomas, I think this team really likes both those players. Um, Josh Thomas, of course, on the practice squad. They could elevate him. It would be DeMar Hamlin. Um, it's most likely Jaquan Johnson or DeMar Hamlin, and they could elevate Josh Thomas for the game. We'll know by 4 o'clock today. But I think you're looking at um, Jaquan Johnson only because he's been here. This is his third year. You're talking about a rookie in DeMar Hamlin. As nice as he's played, as good as he looked, I think he's got a really bright future. But I don't think you could do a lot of the things that you normally can do with you know, Jordan Poyer. You'd be able to do less with DeMar Hamlin, even with Jaquan. And look, even though Jaquan Johnson, to me, isn't going to do a lot of the disguising of the coverages, the nonverbal communication that goes into it with Micah Hyde, he still would be much more higher up on that level to be able to do those things than DeMar Hamlin at this point, and that's something that those really rely on. 
Sal, I, I was doing a little research because when when Sal or when Sean McDermott was on with you guys and he brought up the the point that Poyer was going to miss the game, I thought for a second, I'm just like, man, when was the last time Jordan Poyer missed a game for the Bills if he's ever missed a game for the Bills? So I looked it up. This is going to be his first game he's missing with the Bills since week eight of 2017, his first year here in Buffalo. And then I thought for a second, I'm like, man, Micah Hyde has also played for a while. Uh, has he missed any games? He's only missed two games. So of the two main safeties the Bills have had, this is going to be only the fourth game that one of those guys have missed for the Bills since joining this team. And the first thing that I thought was, man, that's durability defined to a T there for two guys on this defense who have been so important for the success of the group since they came here in 2017. Yeah, that's right. No doubt about it. And Micah missing a game. Maybe even one of those was um, like at the end of the season, you know, sitting out. I don't know for sure because they've been so great together being on the field. I'll, yeah. I'll go a step further here. I, I was looking at the same thing, what you said, and I'll go league-wide. So how about this stat for you, Brayton? All right. Um, Jordan Poyer, by missing the game on Sunday, we know he's going to miss the game. Mm-hmm. He actually... He was third, third in the entire NFL for consecutive regular season games started for any safety. Hmm. Um, Malcolm Jenkins at 122. Uh, Kevin Byard at 74 for Tennessee. And okay. Boyer at 60. So that streak is ending on Sunday. Well, he was fourth in the league behind those two and Deron Harmon of Atlanta for consecutive games played at the position. For anybody in the league at that position at safety, those streaks, fourth most games played consecutively and third, and third most games started consecutively, are both not going to happen now this week. So, yeah, he has been very versatile. You know, it's funny, Jerry Hughes was on that list, too, and he had a huge streak that ended last year because they sat him uh, week 17 uh, in the finale when he didn't play. So the Bills have had some some guys that have been really durable, and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde certainly have been a couple of them. So, yeah, and look, remember when Dean Marlowe was on the Bills and, you know, he, he would fill in, he did a really nice job. He left via free agency, and I think one of the reasons was, hey, when am I going to get a chance to play behind these guys, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, the Bills, maybe it was mutual, whatever. But I think that when you're behind these guys, you know I'm probably not going to play much. That's why tomorrow's a big day for a guy like Jaquan Johnson or if they put DeMar Hamlin in. I, I, it's a big day for guys like that. They don't get many opportunities to get on the field and put some stuff on tape. Sal, now we'll switch over to the offensive side of the ball. The big name that's going to be out tomorrow is John Feliciano. He he suffered a concussion during practice this week because it seemed like he came out of the Washington game healthy, and then he showed up with an illness on Wednesday's report, and then on Thursday it was switched to a concussion. So with Feliciano out now, you know, we've heard committee between Botker and Ford stepping in and filling in Feliciano's role. Who do you think kind of fits better between Botker and Ford at this point to take over those reps that John Feliciano had on the offense? Well, look, I mean, Cody Ford's been starting, right? But last week it was a little tough for him. I thought, you know, he was getting getting beaten in early in the game mm-hmm. by Bron Payne, and that was a tough deal for him. Um, I thought he played better as the game went on. I think Ike Butker obviously is the guy next man up. You're talking about when you look at the depth chart, Ike Butker is clearly the next man up when it comes to guards. Uh, so I would expect him to be playing tomorrow and you know, in, in one of those spots and probably Cody Ford. But, look, they have options. If they don't want to do that, if for some reason they want to you know, move some guys around, Ryan Bates is normally a tackle or center. He can play guard if they want to do that. They do not have Jack uh, Anderson anymore. Remember, he was scooped up by the Philadelphia Eagles. They also have Daryl Williams, who is obviously a right tackle, who could slide over to guard. 
they could put Spencer Brown at tackle in that situation. I don't think they want Spencer Brown at guard. He's never really done that, you know, since in training camp. He only played tackle. Um, but they do have options here. I, I guess my best guess would be your starting guards would be Ike Butker and Cody Ford, and then you'll see where it goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, some other wrinkle thrown in there. Okay. All right. And also one other injury note that isn't pertaining to the Bills, but also it's pertaining to the Texans. They just announced, I guess, today that Danny Amendola is not going to play. He did not practice for uh, throughout the week with a thigh injury. So there's another option taken away for Davis Mills. So now when you look at the Texans roster, Sal, who, who does David Mills have to really give the ball other than um, Brandon Cooks and maybe Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram. I mean, who? I mean, who else? Is well, you said, hey, there it is. It's Brandon Cooks, and right? And the question, and then it's the dot, 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 dot. Yeah, dot. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. So let's take a look at the Houston Texans' you know, overall team stats this year. It's mind blowing, actually, how much of the share that Brandon Cooks has as far as receiving. All right, Brandon Cooks, twenty three catches. The next best receiver, six, and that's Danny Amendola. That's mm-hmm. it. Now they have Aikens, a tight end at five, right? I mean, they, yes, that's got David Johnson out of the backfield at five. How about this one? Brandon Cooks, yards receiving, 322. The next best on the entire team is Farrell Brown at 67. So, yeah, I mean, without Danny Amendola, obviously uh, that's much more of a challenge. But I think the bigger injuries may be on the other side. It's not even injuries. Yesterday the Texans put their leading tackler, Zach Cunningham, on the COVID-19 list. He's not going to play against the Bills. Yeah. Their leading tackler in the middle of their defense. Um, Ross, Ross uh, Blacklock is also on the, on the list, and he is third on the team in defensive tackle snaps. Like, these are important players for them. Zach Cunningham's their leading tackler, like I said. So these guys aren't playing right in the middle of their defense. And I think that is, you know, much more because when it comes to the Texans receiving, it's like, look, it's, it's Brandon Cooks and then whoever we can throw the ball to. But this team is going to have to try and stop Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. And I, without those two guys, it's going to be a lot tougher. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR as the Bills get ready to face the Houston Texans this Sunday in Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium. Sal will be on the sidelines and will be on the broadcast on the Buffalo Bills radio network as he will join John Murphy and Eric Wood for the play-by-play action starting at 1 o'clock. All right, Sal. So (laughs) I I don't know if you heard me right before we, we started talking just with my level of how hard it was not to overlook this matchup with Houston, just given just how bad the Houston Texans kind of are put together. And, you know, there's no Deshaun Watson in the picture. It was Tyrod Taylor, now Tyrod Sert. So it's Davis Mills now in the picture. And I think Jeff Driscoll is their third string, fourth string quarterback, now considered the backup because of the injury to Tyrod Taylor. But how hard has it been for you to try to not overlook this matchup here going into uh, a time for the Bills where, you know, after this week, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football, and then the next week after that, you got the Tennessee Titans on Monday night football before they go in their bye week? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's been hard for me to like overlook it. It's, it's, it's been hard, I think, to really dig deep into, okay, like like this is a – Look at these two, like the Steelers, you know, coming here. And, man, what, there's so many storylines on the Steelers. And who are they? And Ben Roethlisberger and, and that running game. And Najee Harris and the defense and all that kind of stuff. You go to Miami, it's their home opener. Miami beats New England, right? Okay, this is it. Like, what are the Bills going to be able to do? Can they avoid going to 0-2? You come back home. Hey, Washington, good defense. Uh, they had that big win a Thursday night the week before. And then they, uh, you know, Ron Rivera coming in here. 
against Sean McDermott, two two guys who, you know, his mentor basically that he worked for. And then you think about, you know, they lost their first home game to the Bills. They got to do it. This is a game where I just think the expectation is like, yeah, the Bills are expected to win. For me, it's more been about, like, is there, what's the level that the Texans can really threaten the Bills? Not looking past them necessarily, but also not kind of digging as deep into the storylines because the only storyline would be if they really did hang with the Bills. And in close to an upset, if not upset them. But right. we have precedent here. Right here in Buffalo, we have precedent. Bills went to Minnesota in week three of 2018, Josh Allen's rookie year. They were, what, 16.5, 17, 17.5-point favorites, whatever it was. And they beat them, and they almost shut them out, and they destroyed them, actually. The game wasn't even close all game long. So it can happen. The Jets, in the middle of a tank, essentially, went to the Rams and won last year. Yeah. I mean, these things happen in the league. You, you can never let your guard down. I don't know about me looking ahead to the Kansas City game. Like, I try not to do that. I really kind of try to wait. It's the same way, but I'm like that in my life, Brayton. Like, when we go on vacation, <laughs> I tell my wife, she's like, aren't you excited? I'm like, no, I won't be excited until, until we leave the house and we're headed to the airport. Like, that's just the way I am. Like, I don't do that. So I'm not looking ahead to Kansas City, but I, I just, I think it's more about, okay, the Bills have to take care of business here, right? Like, what right. would it look like if they did not? That would be the thing to talk about. Yeah, that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be one heck of a thing to to have to worry about with if if things didn't go well for the Bills tomorrow against the Texans and if somehow some way Houston was able to pull off uh, an upset victory that would that would be a lot to talk about and a lot to uh to process heading into a week like Kansas City but I, I just have to I I have to go back Sal because you don't look ahead to like vacations at all like I'm going on vacation in like three weeks only mm-hmm. for like five days to South Carolina and I can't tell you how excited I am to get some time off and and get away for a bit just to relax. You, you don't. You're a different breed of animal, man. I do not do that. Yep, I'm. I'm. I've always kind of been like that. Which is, yep, we have vacation. In fact, so here's one for you. Like going coming up uh, after the. So the Bills have obviously the game tomorrow, Kansas City, and then it's Tennessee, right? The Titans on a Monday night. Yep. And after that Titans game, so Tuesday I'll have an extra point show. I'll be doing it from Nashville. Then literally, I'm getting on a plane and flying to Florida, like for vacation for the rest of the week because it's mm. bye week that week. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about that. Like that's not an. It's not even. It's something I will not think about until after the Tennessee game, and probably not until I actually get into a ride to get to the airport after my show on Tuesday. I'm just like that. So I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if maybe. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, did I have? disappointment in my childhood when I look forward to things I'm not really sure I don't know I don't want the rug to be pulled out from me I just I try to kind of just temper my enthusiasm until it's right there and I know okay we're here because I don't want to be disappointed I don't know maybe something goes wrong or something like that I don't really know where it it comes from yeah it's like being promised a trip to Disney World and then all of a sudden when you're packed up ready to go you wheel out the luggage and it's just like wait what are are you talking about we're not going to Disney World right exactly um, what about, uh, did you, um, you ever seen the movie Vacation? Like the original Vacation? Um, no, Wally I don't. World? Was it Wally, Wally World, right? I think it's where they go. Um, I know you're a little young for it, but basically that's, that was one of the big things that happened in the movie. Like they, they, they go on this cross country trip. They finally get there and Chevy Chase and his family and the park is closed. Right? <laughs> Who's out front should have told you? Closed. Oh, this goodness. Is, wait, this is before internet though. Let's remember. So I don't know if they, 
They should have made a phone call. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Sal, before we let you go, uh, I know you're going to have your three keys to the game coming up here later on today at WGR550.com, yeah. but what what is something that you're watching for the most looking ahead to tomorrow's game at Highmark Stadium? What, what what's, one of, like, what's one thing that you're particularly going to be watching from the defense, the offense, whatever? You know, I'd like to see the pass rush uh, get to the quarterback again uh, like they did the first couple of weeks, really against Miami more than anything. Um, they really didn't do that as much last year, uh, last week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think against a against a rookie quarterback who, as Micah Hyde said, has not seen every defense in this league, right? So I'm wondering, you know, can they make him hold the ball that extra half second because he's unsure of himself and they can get to the quarterback? I I want to see the Bills be able to do that. This game, I just can't see the Texans really scoring many points on the Bills. I think the Bills will score enough points to take care of business. I don't know. Weather, wet, you know, who knows how they play the game. Maybe the Bills don't score, like, into the 30s, but they still wind up winning the game pretty handily. But, you know, I want to see if this defense can really dominate Brady. Like, you know, I mean, get to the quarterback, get him on the ground, get a turnover to, like, Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks and a bunch of, Brandon Cooks and a bunch of who knows should not come into Buffalo and be able to put 17 points on the board, right? Short of a special teams touchdown or something like that, I want to see. That's the thing I'm looking for. It's more of a general sense from the defense to be able to just dominate this team. Very good. All right, Sal. Well, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Enjoy tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty of you throughout the rest of the uh, next upcoming days here on WGR. Thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thanks. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline here on WGR, getting a uh, quick look at tomorrow's game between the Bills and the Texans at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. Apparently a texter wrote in saying, Buffalo and Houston at Highmark Stadium. I don't remember saying that, but if I did, I apologize. The Bills are in Buffalo in Orchard Park tomorrow. Houston's coming to Orchard Park to play the Bills at Highmark Stadium. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So, Apologies to the texter if I got that wrong. 803-0550-188-552-550. If you have any thoughts on the Bills, on the Sabres, on baseball, whatever you want to talk about today, man, things are wide open, especially once we hit 1230. We've got a couple open segments before we get to Pat Malacaro. Uh, we'll, we'll touch base on some uh, football, hockey, whatever you want to get to. You're more than welcome to join us at any point. You can call us, 803-0550. You can uh, send us a text at the same number if you want, or you can tweet at us. I'm at BJ Wilson WGR. You can text the station at WGR 550. Text Corey Griswold as well, if or uh, tweet Corey Griswold as well, if you truly want to. Uh, at Corey, that's with Corey with an E, and then Griswold, like the Griswold family yep. from Family Vacation. Real right sicko stuff. Uh, uh, also, be sure to follow Sal on Twitter, at Sal Sports, if you don't already, because uh, he'll have the latest on anything that happens to happen with the Bills, any sorts of announcements today, the... Uh, Practice squad call-ups, if there are any today, by 4 o'clock. He'll have all that for you later today. Uh, Coming up next here on WGR, we'll chat with our good friend Josh Reed from Channel 4, WIVB in Buffalo. uh, He will join us to talk primarily Bills football. I might throw him a Sabres question here or there. Just get his thoughts before the Sabres season gets ready to get underway coming up uh, in a little over a week here, a little a week and a half about because, let's see, it's October 2nd, so the season gets started the 14th, so we're about 12 days away from the Sabres beginning their regular season as they'll face off with the Montreal Canadiens. But we'll talk plenty of football coming up next here with Josh Reed. That's all on the way. Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Gary this week here on WGR. 
Never miss a moment of WGR Sports Radio 550 again. Rewind up to 24 hours with Odyssey Rewind. Download the Odyssey app, select WGR, and go back in time. Driven by Northtown Automotive. Shop online at northtownauto.com. All right, we're back here on Sports Talk Saturday, segment two of Hour One here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here with you, filling in for Nate Geary this week. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday. Bills going to take on the Houston Texans this Sunday, tomorrow at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff right here on WGR and along the Bills radio network. John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sal Capaccio will be on the call of tomorrow's action. Joining me right now on the Wester Hotline from our TV station, Channel 4, WIVB-TV, our good friend Josh Reed joining us right now on the Western Hotline. Josh, thanks again for taking the time on this fine Saturday to join us. How are you on this fine day today? Oh, I'm great. Just out and about with the fam. Uh, did the farmer's market thing, as we do a lot of times on Saturdays when the Bills are at home, and trying to soak in every last nice day of weather that we're going to have until... Unfortunately, we're staring at inches of snow. Hey, so, hey, you know, to soak it in. You know what? Sometimes I do really enjoy having the colder weather and the snow around because, especially in some days in summer when it's like ninety degrees and ninety percent humidity, and it feels like Florida and Western New York, and you're just drenched in sweat from head to toe. It makes you really really cherish the days of the winter weather and in even if the the inches and feet of snow, I I really do love that time of year, regardless of the fact. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a person who I'd rather be hot and sweaty mm. than cold. Mm. I'm I'm a I'm a yeah, I'll I'll figure out I'll rip the sleeves off my dress shirt <laughs> and, uh, and and figure it out uh, rather than bundle up. Yeah. That that I'm, would be that would be one heck of a segment if you if you did that. <laughs> you just showed up on TV with just no sleeves on your nice dress shirt and yeah i'm i'm not so sure the bosses would love it but it's it's a it's an idea yeah. it would be a look for sure hey hey i mean listen if you were to do that at a bills game i mean i don't think anybody would would I think give they, you any flack for it i think i'd fit right in i think they would love that exactly exactly you could just jump right up like row 2 row 3 of one of the sections just jump right in with everyone else you'll fit in it's not a big deal yeah, I like I said, I don't I don't think the bosses would love it. But yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Josh Reed from Channel 4 WIVB TV joining us right now on the Western Hotline here on WGR. All right, Josh. So uh we're through three weeks of the Bills season and the Bills, well, after a unfortunate week one where they ended up losing to the Steelers and not looking like they were firing on all cylinders, the past two weeks have looked pretty darn good against, you know, a, a Miami team that, you know, the, Toa Tugavaloa was knocked out early, and you faced a Jacoby Brissett, but you still managed to shut them out. And then last week, the Bills looked pretty darn good against a, albeit Taylor Heineke-led Washington team. But it, do you believe that the Bills have kind of bounced back and have gotten right back on track to where they need to be in order to be a legitimate contender for a Super Bowl this year? Yeah, and I think not only have they gotten on track, I, I think some of the other teams that you looked at as powerhouses in the AFC kind of have stumbled a little bit. You know, you look at the Chiefs as example number one and probably the best example of just not not being where they where I'm sure everybody thought they would be early on this season. But, yeah, looking at the Bills specifically, I, you know, I, I, I think that that week one loss is it's an aberration. I don't think that's who they are. I think it was one of those ones where they're going to look back at the end of the season and 
hopefully it doesn't come down to that loss in the AFC as a tiebreaker because that would be heartbreaking because I don't see the, I don't see the Steelers winning more than six or seven games. No. I mean, if you lose that one at home, like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's going to be looked at as a really, really bad loss mm-hmm. just because I, there's a chance. Look, I mean, I, I know it was against Jacksonville, but the Bengals look really good on Thursday night football. The Ravens are good. The Browns are good. Look, the Steelers are – there's a really good chance they finish in last place in that division. And so you just – if you want home field advantage in the AFC championship game, you can't, you can't lose to a last-place team in a division. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I think the Bills bounce back nicely. I think it really has started with their offensive line. They've really put it together. Um, now obviously, they haven't faced a defensive front like the Steelers since that week one matchup. But, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where it started. It, they started putting it together up front, and uh, everything else has kind of fallen in place. What's one thing that's really stood out to you about the Bills through the opening three weeks of the season? In, in defense. Ju- defense. Yeah. Didn't defense, even have to finish right? my question there. Right, defense, right? I mean, they're in the top five in points allowed – turnovers and yards allowed i mean that's it i mean if you if you pick three to me if you pick three stat categories that you want to be in the top five in the nfl those those would be right up there i don't know that i mean points allowed obviously to me is always going to be number one i mean at the end of the day you got to keep teams off the board um but yeah you know yards allowed turn forcing turnovers is huge um yeah i just think defensively they have been everything that Bills fans could have hoped for and more. Um, and I know there are some, some things that offensively haven't looked the way maybe you expected, but that, I don't, I'm not worried about the offense. I think if, if it was the defense struggling early on this season, I think there would be some more concern. Mm-hmm. But I think if, if you look at it and go, all right, well, they're not where they want to be offensively, you just have a feeling that they're going to put that together. But defensively, man, whew. They have looked really good. Yeah, and and after watching the first couple of weeks with Josh Allen, I'll I'll switch to the offensive side of the ball here real quick here, Josh, but watching the first two weeks of Josh Allen, it seemed like for the first six quarters of the year, he was off a little bit. Maybe maybe just, you know, didn't have the right touch on on his throws or the decision-making wasn't quite up to par. But then over the past six quarters of football that we've seen Josh Allen – he looks like the 2020 Josh Allen that will finish second in MVP voting only behind Aaron Rodgers and who arguably could have had a better chance to win an MVP this year if it wasn't for Rodgers just being just a step better um, overall statistically, I guess. But how much of a benefit is it for Josh Allen with, with this week, this past week against Washington and the final two quarters, especially against Miami? Uh, you know, what does that do for, for his game going forward and also for the Buffalo offense? Well, I, I think he is he's a guy who wears, wears his emotion on his sleeve, right? We know that. He's very, you know, when he is hot, he is red hot. And sometimes when he's missing, he, he can go the exact opposite direction. He, and he has said it. Sometimes this gets in his own head a little bit too much. Um, you know what else helps uh, for your confidence? Facing the Houston Texans. <laughs> Let's face it. Right. Right? I mean, that's going to help. That's going to help the stats. That's going to help the confidence. That's gonna, you know, you got to assume that they're going to go out and have a really good performance. You know, coming off of a, you know, obviously he was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week this past year. You know, so Josh Allen, you got to assume that he'll build on that. Um, and, you know, a, a, 
a better showing, right, against Miami on mm-hmm. the road. Um, you know, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, that they win 35 nothing. All five touchdowns were offensive. And at the end of that game, everybody was like, eh, you know, offensively, they're, they're just not there. You know, how, how the expectations changed with one season. Um, it's crazy because yeah. you go back even two years ago, right? Go back to the 2019 season. If that team scored 35 points, five touchdowns on offense, everybody would be going, wow, this offense has figured it out. This is incredible. Uh, but last year they were just so good. It, you know, it kind of reestablished the bar. Not even reestablish it. Set an entirely different set of expectations. But, look, I, I think the panic button can be put way in the back of the closet when it comes to Josh Allen. I think that, you know, and it, we, everybody talked about it a lot, is, you know, that week one overreaction. You know, overreaction Monday was mm-hmm. what I, you know, everybody was kind of referring to it as. And, and you know, whether or not, you know, your, your favorite team won or lost, it was going to be an overreaction. The Bills came out week one, laid an egg, and everybody overreacted. And now you're kind of seeing everything stabilize, and you go, okay, the offense is going to be fine. The defense is above and beyond what you could have hoped for. Yep. So, I mean, right now they, they've got as good a shot as anybody in the AFC. Josh, we've talked about the good things about the Bills for the first three weeks. What's something that you've been kind of wanting to see more of from this team uh, through the opening three weeks and heading into this matchup with the Texans? Yeah, you know, I I think it would be just a little more consistency of Josh on the deep ball. But, I mean, (laughs) that's something that we've said, you know, quite a bit. Two years ago, 2019, I think he was really good with the deep ball. I think that was probably his strength, right? Everybody was like, wow, you know, he's really good at the deep balls. It's the underneath stuff that he kind of needs to work on. Last year was a little bit the opposite. You know, the accuracy went way up, right? But he struggled to hit the deep ball. This year he's missed a few just deep down the field. Now he hit the one to Emmanuel Sanders, um, uh, you know, last week, and you thought, okay, yeah, that's the one. That's what we've been looking for. Uh, just a little more consistency there, but I, look, that, that's so nitpicky, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's is get, he is going to have a huge season. So if that's where the concerns lie, this team is in incredible shape right now. You know, and health wise, you know, Jordan Poyer's a little dinged up, not going to play. John Feliciano is dinged up, not going to play. But I, I, look, and I know those are two big pieces of the puzzle. This team has been so fortunate with injuries. Knock on wood, right? Right. Since Sean McDermott has taken over, they have been really, really blessed on that front. Um, because, I mean, how every week, right? You watch, look around the league. Every single week, there's a huge name player that goes down and misses significant time. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who plays fantasy football has already had one player where they're like, oh, that was my first-round draft pick. That's a bummer. <laughs> yep. right? Everybody has had that guy already. That was my year last year. Right? Yeah. Like, you look around, I mean, every, I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey is example 1A, yeah. right? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean that, that guy is, is their offense, yeah. right? I mean, he is, he is maybe, maybe the most dynamic skilled position player in the entire league. Yeah. And guy does it all. Yeah. And gets hurt again. Yeah. And and usually, and I don't want to be that guy that talks about my fantasy team, but I got to tell you this, Josh, because we're talking about the injuries and being big 
injuries week one. I had my team last year, my top four, you know, three of my four picks in the first four rounds were Saquon Barkley in first round, done for the oh. season with the ACL oh. injury. George Kittle was my second round pick. He oh. missed a good chunk of the year. I don't even remember yeah. who my third round guy was, but my fourth round guy uh, was Cortland Sutton, and he suffered the ACL injury. So it was like three of my four top players all got injured right off the bat. And, you know, yeah. So when you say like, hey, fantasy-wise, it's like, yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's so, they, they like I said, they've been, knock on wood, very blessed as an organization, um, you know, when it comes to the injury front. And, you know, hopefully that continues. Like I said, I know that Poyer and Feliciano are, are a little dinged up and they're going to miss the Houston game. But, you know, all in all, you know, three weeks, three pretty good injury situations. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully that continues because that is, that is that's such a factor in the NFL and who – competes for a championship every year and it's not something that's really controllable right right like like you always hear sean mcdermott how often have we heard him say control the controllables right yep control what you can control well that's not really something that you can control now look i understand that if you have jordan poyer if you're up by five touchdowns and jordan poyer's in in the fourth quarter and he gets dinged up that's probably something you can control (laughs) right um but for the most part, you know, the NFL, it's just such a, such a physical game and, you know, guys are going to get hurt. It's, it's going to happen every week. And it's often more times than not something that can't be controlled. Yeah. Josh Reed from Channel 4 WIVB TV joining me right now on the Western Hotline. So looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup here, Josh, obviously Jordan Poyer is not going to play. Uh, he hasn't missed a game with the Bills since the 2017 season. He's been super durable, as has Micah Hyde. The safety tandem in Buffalo has been a very durable, very reliable tandem. But looking ahead to tomorrow's game, how do you think the Bills fill that void uh, with Jordan Poyer being out? And who kind of lines up in your eyes next to Micah Hyde for the majority of the game? Yeah, um, Hamlin maybe. I, Jaquan Johnson, I think he's... He's probably going to get the, the number. I think he's going to be the first choice mm-hmm. to fill that spot. It's going to be interesting to see how he does because, you know, every every preseason, every training camp, we kind of watch him and go, you know, he seems to have what it would take to be, you know, somebody that could fill in if Hyde or Poyer goes down. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think they would be comfortable with him. Um, and here's his chance, right? I mean, this is this is his his shot to, you know, kind of go out and show what he can do. And, and look, you know, he's also facing a quarterback making his second career start. Davis Mills isn't exactly Aaron Rodgers. You know, you know the really, really elite quarterbacks, you always hear, oh, they're going to find a way to get a matchup on the new guy in the lineup. You know, in game, if somebody gets hurt, it's, oh, wow, the new cornerback, the new safety, they're going to look to exploit that matchup. Right. Well, if you're Davis Mills, you're just looking to survive at this point. Right. I mean, it's not like Davis Mills is going out there going, huh, Jaquan Johnson, I can exploit that matchup. Well, good luck. I mean, I I don't know that he's in a position to quite do that. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Look, at the end of the day, Leslie Frazier might be the most underrated coordinator in the NFL. I just, and I don't know how that is because he just always seems to scheme up 
and have his guys in the right position. They're always prepared. I have a ton of respect for that guy. It, it's in, you know, I mean, you, you, talk, you ask any player, not necessarily always on defense. You can ask some offensive players about their respect for Leslie Frazier. It's through the roof in that building. You know that he, whoever they plug into that spot for Poyer, they're going to be prepared and, quite frankly, probably play well. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden they have an interception you know, tomorrow against Davis Mills. Real quick here, Josh, before I let you go and, and enjoy the rest of your Saturday, uh, what, what's one thing that you're going to be watching for from this Bills team coming up tomorrow? And I know you'll probably talk a lot more about it uh, in on all the pregame stuff that you're going to have on Channel 4, but what's one thing that you're focusing in on with this team with tomorrow's matchup? Yeah, just the injuries. I mean, I know we touched on a little bit already. Yeah. I think that's, you know, somebody asked me last, early this week, you know, I, what, what do you think the key to the game is going to be? Just be healthy. Yeah. Just be healthy going to Kansas City, right? Because, look, at the end of the day, on Monday, if we're sitting around talking about a four-point win or a 24-point win, is it really going to matter? No. Because guess what? We're all going to be flipping the page to Kansas City. That's all anybody's going to be talking about, right? Yeah. Is Here it is, rematch, AFC Championship game. So, to me, the number one priority, obviously you don't want to go out and lay an egg and somehow lose to a team you're a 17-point favorite. That goes without saying. Mm-hmm. But to me... Just just be healthy. I don't care if they win by one or 24. Be healthy. You know, get, go, go into that KC week, riding, riding a win streak, you know, three-game win streak, be three and one after four games. You know, they was talking about the kind of, you know, quarter pull, you know, if you will. Now, I know there's obviously an extra game this season, so it's not the official quarter pull. It's the, kind of the unofficial one. But if you go three and one every four-game chunk, you're in really good shape. Um, and that's where they would be, and knowing that they lost the game, they probably shouldn't have lost. Yep. So I think you're in great shape. Just, just be healthy. That's To me, that's that's goal number one. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of to that point, too, it's like it's so hard not to kind of overlook this game. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point to kind of bring up where it's just like, yeah, no, just get to get to Kansas City next week and, you know, not only win, but just – just don't get hurt. Just just keep the bodies healthy so, you know, you're putting yourself in the best chance to beat uh, a team that, you know, you're probably going to have to beat come January to get to the Super Bowl uh, in February in California. So, yeah, well, let's very hope important. Mitch Trubisky's getting some snaps there in the fourth yeah. quarter, right? Yeah, I mean. Well, let's, uh, let's hope that they, they've got a, you know, four-touchdown four lead there in the fourth and Mitch is out there. Yeah. Well, you know, for the last ten minutes of the game. Well, hey, Josh, I was watching the game between Houston and Carolina, and I couldn't help but think while watching that game, man, I almost kind of hope Mitch Trubisky's in by like third quarter. Just yeah. almost, almost treated as like a preseason game. You get Josh Allen a majority of the first, all the first half snaps into the third quarter, but like if the game's completely out of hand, just let Mitch Trubisky run the offense for you know third, fourth quarter if you really want to. Just because watching that game last Thursday, I just. I couldn't help but think the entire time, if this is the Texans team, the same Texans team that comes to Buffalo this week, I mean, I, I just I just can't I can't envision a way that Buffalo can come out of this game not winning by, you know, thirty plus points. Yeah, I can't the 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 idea that there is a seventeen point spread in an NFL game mm-hmm. just is mind boggling. I feel like that's a college football spread. Yeah. I mean it's just and I don't know what the equivalent of that would be in college. It's just like a 58-point spread in college. You know, it'd be like Alabama playing, you know, some D2 school. I mean, it's just 17 points is just so 
That's so many points. Hey, but it's like, you know, it's like the bookies are begging you to, you know, they're just begging you to take Houston. <laughs> like they're begging you to go, yeah, go ahead, take Houston yeah. with 17. That, you know, but I don't know. It's, it's um, yeah, like I said, you find a way to win. And then, man, is it, next week is, as long as they're three and one, next week is going to be a lot of fun gearing up for that, that rematch of the AFC Championship game. Absolutely. Well, Josh, real quick before we let you go, why don't you get in a plug for uh, what you got coming up tomorrow for pregame coverage for Bills against Texans? Yeah, we got Buffalo kickoff live at 11 o'clock to 1130 on CW23. Um, and then from 1130 to noon, we switch over to Channel 4. Um, you know, Sal Capaccio is a part of the show. Thad Brown, the uh, sports director at ROC. Heather Prusak, uh, you know, our, our sports reporter and anchor, uh, you know, at our station, at IVB. Uh, Matt Perino, Syracuse.com. Uh, Tim Graham from The Athletic. We've got all kinds of people who like to hear their own voices. So, <laughs> so it's always great. You know, it's a, it's, we have great debates and we have fun and it's, you know, we have a good time and it's always fun to talk bills, especially, you know, before a game we're we're down on the field it's a live show so it's um yeah whatever everything you need to know leading up to uh bills and texans and then the game is uh right on channel four so don't even have to turn the ch- turn the channel very good well josh thanks again for taking the time on this saturday enjoy the rest of your day enjoy tomorrow and we'll talk again soon i'm sure all right, hey, next time we'll talk Sabres, but I think we're out of time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I did, I did want to ask you about the Sabres, but yeah, we'll we'll save that for another day. So. Absolutely great. Right, thanks, care. Josh. Have a good weekend. Yes, you as well. Josh Reed from Channel 4 uh, WIVB-TV joining us on the Wester Hotline. Corey's, like, giving me this glare, like, you know, we, we completely obliterated the last break. We'll make Bring it up Bring that Howard Simon magic yeah. right here to Saturdays on WG. Yeah, we'll, we'll make up that break later on, and, and it's okay. We got we got an open segment at 1230. If I have to cut it short, that's... It's fine by me. You have to. I'm the one who presses the buttons, buddy. Yeah, well, I'll cut you short. Well, hey, I'm going to work with you in tandem. We'll we'll get this figured out. Uh, so we'll we'll come back from break, and when we come back, we'll get. Or more. will we? We better. <laughs> we better. I'm coming in there and fighting you. <laughs> yeah. All right, 803 Brandon Scott from Sports Radio 610 in Houston is going to join us next. We're going to get a perspective from the Houston side of things, looking ahead to their matchup with the Buffalo Bills coming up this Sunday in Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium. And then at uh, 1 o'clock, we'll have Pat Malacaro joining us. Uh, he's in Syracuse with the Bisons right now as the Bisons are wrapping up their season. We'll talk plenty of baseball and even get some hockey thoughts in as well. You can join us at any time on this fine Saturday and Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.